At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Opening Lines with Jonathan Montobel and Matt Humans on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Boy, how do we follow that up, huh? Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Eumanns with you for the next two hours here on the opening lines. And we got a lot of stuff to get to. Conference Championship Weekend is set. The AFC. Kansas City Chiefs will be taking on the Cincinnati Bengals, playing host to Cincinnati, a rematch of a matchup we saw right at the end of the regular season that was quite the back-and-forth affair. And third time, maybe the charm for the Los Angeles Rams as they will take on the San Francisco 49ers, looking to uh, buck a pretty strong trend in favor of Jimmy G. Uh, But let's start with the opening lines before we get to the uh, madness that was today, Matt Eumanns. All right, we start. Kansas City Chiefs, they open up as a seven-point favorite. Some spots actually opened them up in terms of the total as low as 50 and a half. Uh-huh. I think there was a Westgate Superbook that opened them up 50 and a half. That immediately skyrockets to about 53 and a half, depending on where you look. And then, of course, you get the NFC Championship game between the Rams and the 49ers. Uh, that one opened up. Rams minus four, already heading in direction of the San Francisco 49ers, though, with a total of 46 and a half. I'll tell you what, the Westgate Superbook odds makers are about as sharp as it gets. But I was really surprised they opened that total of 50 and a half yeah. because you, I would think you have to open that total at a minimum 51 and a half, knowing the 51 is a key number in totals. And when those teams played January 2nd in Cincinnati, it was a 34 31 game. And you got to know the public's going to play this over the total anyway. You, you're talking about today's uh, Bills Chiefs total. I didn't hear one person all week talking about the under. Right. Over, 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 over. If I heard 15 opinions, it was 15 overs. And the game ends up flying over, but only because of a Josh Allen fourth down touchdown pass or all of the craziness at the end doesn't happen. Yep. As far as the number in this game, I thought there was a chance. Now, when the Chiefs went to Cincinnati, they were three-and-a-half-point favorites, and they lost that game by three. I thought there was a chance we'd see a seven-and-a-half maybe as the opener somewhere in this game, or we might see a seven-and-a-half because people are going to be crazy about what the Chiefs did and how quickly they put up points when they can put up points. And, um, you know, it's Joe Burrow and the Bengals, their first rodeo here in the AFC championship. So I think the betting public's going to be behind the Chiefs. Uh, but we're seeing sevens, and I don't disagree with that. When I was thinking about the number I would make, I, th- I thought seven and, uh, you know, right around 52 for a total. Uh, so that's what I was thinking about for the AFC championship. Yeah, I'm, I, I was frankly surprised that it opened up seven. You know, you mentioned the original number when these two teams met back on January 2nd when it was three and a half. If we work on the premise that home field is worth, you know, next to nothing and, and maybe it worth, it's worth a little bit more in a postseason game, right? An AFC championship game. 
Uh, either way, it's a, it's a pretty big swing given the result we saw the first time around between uh-huh. these two, right? And the other thing is, you know, I, I mentioned this to you off the air. I think Cincinnati matches up pretty well uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs, and that played out in that time when they played each other. Kansas City loves to blitz their opponents, loves to. One of the top teams in terms of blitz rate in the National Football League, and we've talked about this multiple times on this show. Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, specifically Joe Burrow, he will feast upon teams that blitz him a lot. And I think that's why you saw Jamar Chase, you saw Joe Burrow have a really successful day in that game. But regardless, be interested to see John Murray uh, was quoted in Patrick Everson's piece uh, that um, the public's going to bet the Kansas City Chiefs with both hands. So you'd expect the Sharps to be on the other Mm -hmm. side. But so far, and usually we see these numbers move when they open right away, still sitting at seven with a total as high as 54 right now. So. Yeah, and, and the thing about the, uh, the Bengals, uh, I think being able to take advantage of uh, the Chiefs' tendency to blitz on defense is that uh, the Chiefs are going to have to learn not to blitz as much yeah. against the Bengals, and you would think they would get smart about that. I think the one big thing for the Chiefs' defense, too, is getting Tyron Matthew on the field. When he went out today, I bet the live total over 49. I was thinking it's going to be a lot easier uh, for the Bills to move the ball against this KC defense without Tyron Matthew back there because, to me, he's an entire key to that defense in terms of the passing attack. He, he also is pretty good in run support. He left the game. I assume he's going to be back to play uh, this week, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, the Chiefs are going to need him. Obviously, he's going to be a very important member of that defense this week against Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and the Bengals. But um, I would still think you're going to look at uh, anyway, I, I think seven is still the right number. And I know what you're saying about home field advantage. Chris Andrews of the South Point was on with us a week ago, and he said the Packers were the only team in the NFL he gave a full three points yep. in the home field to. Worked out for him. Didn't really work out <laughs> for the Packers. In the snow, they got beat by the 49ers, and uh, they looked like the warm-weather team. Uh, and that backfired on Green Bay. But I, I still think you give – Probably in this situation, two and a half to three to KC at Arrowhead. And you also take in the experience factor. This is mm-hmm. a fourth consecutive AFC title game for the Chiefs and the first ride. Like I said, the first rodeo for the Bengals. So I, I was leaning towards seven, thinking that the uh, the public's going to be crazy about betting the Chiefs anyway. Yeah. So the, the real question, I think, is does this get to seven and a half, right? Like, even if we're talking about the Kansas uh, City. At Chiefs, this yeah. point, I would say probably not. Okay. I thought it might initially, but now, you know, looking at the. Uh, Looking at the screen, I don't think we're going to see seven and a half. I thought we might, um, you know, initially. Real mover. Maybe we'll see six and a half yeah. out there. Now, the of course, uh, we're going to have lots of time to discuss all of this. Um, and the real story, of course, is the, the game itself tonight between the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. A ridiculous final uh, between these two. 42 to 36, your final score in overtime. Um, the final minute and 54 seconds, there were 25 points scored in regulation. Uh, it leads to an absolutely ridiculous end in which, of course, Kansas City gets the ball first in overtime, goes right downfield, scores, and wins the game. And we have a lot of we have a lot to discuss for next week, but I think one of the topics for the rest of the week it has to be the Buffalo Bills and the way they screwed this thing up near the end, um, essentially not taking a free swipe at the clock and taking some time off when they kick it off back to Patrick Mahomes at the end of this game. Yeah, it's a, you got to be on top of every detail as a head coach in the NFL, and that's why a guy like Mike McCarthy is going to lose a lot of games, and uh, that's why the Cowboys should replace him as coach. He's not on. He's not on the details. Sean McDermott, who's one of the better coaches in the league, blew it in this instance. Now, I'll say one thing about the betting aspect of this game, too. Yep. If you took, uh, let's say, one and a half, two, two and a half, 
with the Bills, you were rooting against that two-point conversion. You should have been like crazy. With 154 left, Josh Allen threw a TD pass on fourth and 13. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't throw that TD pass, none of that insanity happens at the end of the game. The final score probably would have been 26-21 Chiefs, and the game stays under. Instead, he throws that TD on fourth and 13. It's 27-26. Chiefs have to go for two. If you bet the Bills, excuse me, the Bills have to go for two. If you bet Buffalo in that spot, you had to be rooting against the two-point conversion. Yes. The last thing you wanted was the Chiefs driving down for a field goal to tie the game. You wanted this thing to land on two. Because if you bet the Bills, hopefully you're smart enough to take at least two, not one and a half. But uh, Josh Allen scrambles around, looks like he's got no chance, throws in the back of the end zone and completes the two-point conversion. That was the beginning of the end for Bills betters. It really was when it was 29-26. Because at that point, I said, that's going to be bad news for the Bills. And uh, the, the other point about the uh, the details with the coaches. Mm-hmm. Sean McDermott has to be smart enough to know that you got to squid. Doesn't have to be a short squib kick. There are different types of kickoffs. You can ki- you got to kick the ball off in play and make the Chiefs burn at least a few seconds off the clock. You got to force them to return a it. World yep. of difference whether or not the Chiefs start that possession with 13 seconds, 10 seconds, eight seconds. If they start it with eight seconds, they're not going to score. The All game's right. going to be over. Uh, the Bills kicked off, did not kick it in play, did not force the Chiefs to burn any time off the clock. And that's going to be something that Sean McDermott's going to have to think about the entire offseason. That was why the Bills lost the game. There's also the, um, the, the thought process of not only the kick and putting it in play, forcing them to return it, burn a few seconds, the immediate play from scrimmage right after that, everybody gets right up in the line of scrimmage and commits holding so that nobody can get off the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. You burn even more time off the clock. Now all of a sudden the Chiefs are just looking at, oh, we just got to complete a Hail Mary here to potentially get there. That's right. You could, you could leave the Chiefs in a position where they have nothing, no options other than to just throw the ball up and hope yep. in a Hail Mary situation. And Sean McDermott screwed that up big time. And uh, I, I haven't seen on Twitter or um, any national columnist or uh, commentators talk about this yet, but he's got to get barbecued for that because that – would have sent the Bills to the AFC Championship. Instead, they are going home. <laughs> and uh, if you bet the Chiefs, you are really, really lucky to get away with this win, like our producer, Dan Big Gambler Miller, yep. who bet the Chiefs. Hey, man, you're not the only one. What did I tell you all, what did I tell you all week? Huh? Josh, Josh Allen, volatile. He's going to find a way to – no, Allen was incredible. The 17-play drive from Allen where it was you – know, I know you're not a big video game guy. It was a Madden drive where you have a quarterback who's all 99s across the board, yeah. and you're just like, we're just going to win this game. Like, just come on, guys. I'm better than everybody. I'm going to run the ball. I'm going to throw the ball. I've got 99 speed. I've got 99 break tackle. And I'm just going to get a first down here. We're going to win this game. That was an incredible drive mm-hmm. from Allen. thought it was awesome. Yeah, Allen's uh, critics, and I know I saw one that was chirping early in the game on Twitter. Yeah, you, you have to be quiet after this. I mean, the guy. Who was chirping? Your buddy. Oh, boy. I'm going to go look Your this buddy up was now. talking about how inefficient the Bills passing game was early. Uh, Josh Allen. <laughs> you got to uh, stick with it. <laughs> He's just the captain of the Titanic, just go down with the ship. Uh, because Josh Allen could not have been much better. I thought the, the quarterback play in this game was as good as it gets. Both guys can get out and run and make plays. The, their uh, passing accuracy was outstanding. Their poise under pressure. Uh, if you think about converting those fourth downs at the end, uh, Josh Allen could not have played better. It's got to be heartbreak for him and the Bills to lose this game. But you got to manage the clock. Correctly, and when you don't, you're going to pay for it, and the Bills are going to pay for it the entire offseason. I thought the uh, the quarterbacks put really put on a master class and uh, play under pressure and clock management. Mm-hmm. The coaches did not. No. 
No, they did not. No. All right. We have a lot to get to here uh, on the opening lines. It is conference championship weekend coming up. So uh, that's the recap, a little bit of the recap from tonight. We have a lot more to get to with this uh, AFC divisional matchup, which felt like a championship game between the Chiefs and the Bills. Uh, We also have to get to Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers getting eliminated today, but uh, by no (laughs) – the Rams trying their best to actually keep Tom Brady and the Buccaneers alive. But the Rams get another crack at the San Francisco 49ers. And we got to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo as well. Getting away with murder the way this guy's playing football. And yet here they are, one win away from a Super Bowl berth again. Mike Palm of Circa is going to be with us. And, of course, Scott Kellen as well. So stick around. We've got a loaded show on the opening lines. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey, make sure to check out all the free podcasts that VSIN has to offer. You catch replays of all of our shows, download and listen on your schedule. Go to vsin.com slash podcast. Get beating the book with Gal Alexander, Market Insights with Josh Applebaum, Hardwood Handicappers with me. New episode was out on Friday. Dieter Kurtenbach in the Bay Area. Join me. Follow the money, my guys in the desert, coast to coast hoops, and many more. All free and available now at vsin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, as much as I enjoy basketball and there was a deep card today, not a second of it because we got conference championship games that are set and ready to go. Uh, let's talk about the divisional matchup we saw earlier today and tie it into what we are going to see next week, Matt Humans, because Matthew Stafford is in the NFC Championship game after his Rams get a gritty 30-27 to 27 win mm-hmm. over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, they were outscored 24-10 to 10 in the second half, largely because of their own mistakes, but the Rams do, initially, do move on in this contest here and will face the San Francisco 49ers. So I will ask you this. I think you're on Tampa Bay in this game, right? What, if anything, do you take away from Matthew Stafford of the Rams and the hot start that they got off to initially and bring it into next week against San Francisco? I was impressed, actually. You know, I was uh, very discouraged by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' defensive performance in this game. And anybody who's thinking about hiring Todd Bowles as a head coach, uh, not only got to think twice, you got to discard that idea. The, The Buccaneers had all 11 starters healthy on defense for the game today, and Stafford just cut up that defense. It's 27-3. to Sean McVay, who's one of my favorite coaches, did not do a great coaching job from that point forward. No. Did a poor job. Uh, Turnovers also contributed to the Rams' um, 
I guess, uh, near demise. How can you blow a 27 to three lead? It's it's hard to do, but the Rams did it. And uh, the Buccaneers, fortunately for the Rams, played such soft defense and decided not to cover Cooper Cup in the in the final 30 seconds. <laughs> Let him drive right down. Now they're not. Stafford's not going to go to Cooper Cup. We can leave him alone. Um, I was impressed, more impressed, far more impressed by the Rams this week than I was a week ago when they just uh, uh, took out a. Uh, I would say a lame Cardinals team. Yeah, a sliding the, Cardinals team. Yeah, right. the Cardinals limped into the playoffs, showed up with nothing. I wasn't that impressed by what the Rams did. But you got to give them a ton of credit for the 27-3 lead they built. Forget about the meltdown. And uh, move forward to the matchup against the Rams. I think Matthew Stafford has uh, another guy who's quieted a lot of his critics. He'd never won a playoff game. And uh, he's really been really good. good. Yep. Uh, he, was, he was far better than Tom Brady was uh, today in that game in Tampa. And we'll talk about Brady a little bit more later. Brady and Aaron Rodgers, gone, go home. Um, but Sean McVay has been owned by Kyle Shanahan. And that's something that you have to take into account when you handicap this NFC Championship game this weekend because these teams just played in Week 18. The Rams led 17-0, and the Niners stormed back to win, and Jimmy G played his best football at the end of that game. He did not play yeah. a great game, but at the end of the game when he had to put together a, a drive, he went 85 yards and did it. Uh, I thought this number would open three, maybe three and a half. We saw a four out there initially, and um, it looks like three and a half is going to settle in. But I thought you'd see plenty of dog money at anything over than three, considering the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan have owned the Rams and Sean McVay. Jimmy Garoppolo is 6-0 and against Sean McVay and the Los Angeles Rams. So it gives you an idea of how this has gone now. Streaks are meant to be broken, right? Uh, well, we, we talked about uh, all the time, Sean McVay against the Cardinals and how good that had gone for a while, and then Sean McVay loses. He lost one game. Uh, yeah. Then he's, won the next two. And <laughs> I think uh, McVay's, what, 8-1 and one against the yeah, Cardinals? Yeah, something. I think yeah. that's accurate. But he's, uh, he's lost six in a row to Kyle Shanahan, right? Yep. Let me talk. Let's, let's do this. And this is where I mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo and his level of play recently uh, when we put this together because when you watch Jimmy Garoppolo play, and it's not just in the postseason – uh, it has been now over his last four starts. And we know what Jimmy Garoppolo is. Mm-hmm. He, I call him a poor man's Josh Allen in that, you know, Josh Allen at times can be volatile. Jimmy Garoppolo is much more volatile, much more often. He right? doesn't have the talent. No, and he doesn't have the talent. Right. So a poor man's Josh Allen and just in terms of his volatility. But if you look at his last four starts, you know, 68% completion is fine. Yards per pass attempt, 8.4 is fine. When you're talking about two touchdowns to six interceptions and a turnover-worthy play rate of 7.9%, mm-hmm. this is not a quarterback that I would feel insanely comfortable, even with a 6-0 and record against the opponent into this weekend. Watching Jimmy Garoppolo play has not been great these last few weeks, and they haven't been getting away with murder with it. Yeah, I don't even want to give him credit for being 6-0. and So it's like quarterback <laughs> records, you know, sometimes are very phony. Uh, last night, the 49ers won that game because of defense and special teams. Oh. And Debo, and Debo Samuel. Yep. And they didn't win that game because of Jimmy G. And the fact that everybody's giving Jimmy, a lot of people are giving Jimmy G so much credit for being gutty and coming back and persevering. Uh, the Niners won that game despite Jimmy Garoppolo. It was a terrible pick he threw before the half. Kyle Shanahan made a bad move by calling a timeout. The Packers just self-destructed for the second year in a row on special teams. And uh, Aaron Rodgers just doesn't step up when he's got to. In the playoffs, you saw Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes making big play after big-time play today. Can I read you a tweet? How, how many big-time plays did you see Aaron Rodgers make in the second half of that game yesterday? Not many, but no. of course, immediately after the game. How many did Jimmy G make? Yeah. Not many. Right. I'm going to read you a tweet. 
Brad Evans, who I feel like I'm, I'm somewhat friends with, who's on the program, uh, on the program, Sharon Veasan quite a bit. Niners fans who've continuously pounded the table for Trey Lance. Quiet, please. Jimmy G played incredibly well after halftime in tough conditions in the clutch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, responded with, with just Brad. Hey. <laughs> Without the block punt, none of that happened. Yeah, none of that happened. Yeah, no, they, they, it's a ridiculous. And I saw somebody else tweet, somebody from our network tweet about, on the most important play of the game, the Packers only had 10 players on the field on the game-winning field goal. That was not the most important play of the game. <laughs> if they had an 11th player out there, he wasn't going to fly in and block right. the kick necessarily. The most important play of the game was the block punt. Yep. And uh, that's what got the Niners back into it with a chance to win it. And um, the Packers special teams, the block, they had their field goal attempt blocked right before the half. Had the gave the uh, 49ers points with a block punt in the second half. That's what decided uh, that game. Now the Packers did not look like a well coached team either. They looked like they were still coached by Mike McCarthy mm. uh, in that game last night. But you can't give Jimmy G credit for the win. I'm looking forward to this game, and I'm thinking, all right, I'd like to take the points with the dog. I took the Niners in Week 18 mm-hmm. in L.A. against the Rams, but they were in a situation of desperation where they had to win to make the playoffs. Uh, I, I don't have much confidence in Jimmy G, and that's my problem here. I'd like to take the three-and-a-half or four, whatever the best number is out there on the Niners, but the thing that gives you pause right now is do you want to back a quarterback who you know is going to make at least one big mistake, if not two, in this game? Got to tell you, I don't know if those uh, fours are going to come back here. So this open four, total of 46-and-a-half. Uh, it's it's three-and-a-half across the board with altered juice. There's one spot that's showing three minus 120 in favor mm-hmm. of the favorite. South Point, of course, uh, the loan shop that doesn't move, alter the juice is at three-and-a-half. So if you want to grab three-and-a-half, uh, that would be the shop to go to. But with all these three and a halfs all shaded to the dog side, you got to think that this is probably going to three more often than it's, or excuse me, closing at three more often than it's closing at four. Uh, probably. Right? I, I think I don't, probably not going to see a four again. Um, let's say three and a half and three. It's probably going to bounce buy it. Bound back and forth. You could <laughs> if you wanted to. Um, I, I should note, too, that as, as someone pointed out on Twitter, and uh, my screen was not updated, BetMGM. Is now showing a seven and a half on the Bengals. Wow. So if you like the dog in that game, that's the best number out there in the market at BetMGM. And uh, we talked about would that get to seven and a half? Well, it's out there right now. So if you like it, you better grab it. Yeah, we're looking right now. Let's <clears throat> see if uh, that lasts throughout the night too. Already at seven and a half over at BetMGM. So well, my screen's a. I wonder if it's a different jurisdiction because here in Nevada it's still seven. So. Over could, at BetMGM. Be outside the state of yeah, it could have been outside the state of Nevada. Those send to alter. But regardless, so let me ask you this. So I, um, so I had the Rams today against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, I think I'm going to go back to the well one more time. A lot of it is anti-Jimmy Garoppolo and that offense. Um, but a lot of it, too, is I think defensively, if you look at them statistically, and they didn't do it the first time they played them on that Monday night game, this should be a defense that is set up to make the 49ers one-dimensional. And on the other end, what you really liked about Stafford today, which didn't show itself in the Green Bay game because of how cold it was and how poor the Packers were, is not a great secondary downfield. Like, the 49ers will give up a lot of plays downfield, mm-hmm. right? They're relatively poor in that regard. If Stafford and the Rams keep up that mentality in terms of the aggressive plays downfield, I think it's a pretty good matchup for them. Uh, I can't say it's a pretty good matchup. It could be a matchup they take advantage of. Yeah. The problem is they we haven't seen them take advantage of that matchup. Well, we yet. saw it for a half. They went up seventeen nothing yeah. and then blew it, right? Yeah, it's. I, I think it's a tough matchup for Sean McVay. He's probably uh, it's Kyle Shanahan's probably in his head at this point. So it should not be a bad matchup for the Rams, but 
for some reason they have a lot of trouble with the 49ers. Um, yeah, I don't know which what I'm going to do with this game. I really don't. I, I I was leaning towards taking the points, but I really don't want to back Jimmy G at this point. Hmm. And um, the 49ers are playing with house money. They should not have won the game at Green Bay. Again, it was a situation of the Packers self-destructing on defense, yep. or excuse me, on special teams and doing nothing on offense. And uh, I don't want to give them too much credit uh, for the win in Green Bay because I thought it was more about the Packers losing it. So I kind of lean to the Rams here, but I would not lay more than three. If I'm going to bet the Rams, it's got to be three. Can't lay three and a oh, half. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to hold out and see uh, maybe if it gets that low, right, to three. And it seems like the market's heading that direction. And the 49ers have been – a, a darling for the betting side um, throughout this postseason, at least up to this point. All right, well, let's uh, we'll take our break when we come Mike back. Mike Palm on deck. Yeah, Mike Palm's going to join us, get the circuit perspective uh, on the weekend that was. I would assume with underdogs going 3-1 and one straight up and against the spread that it was a relatively profitable weekend for books, but we'll find out with Mike and look ahead to next week. is opening lines with John Zavon Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. And VSN has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. Our all-new Big Game Big Dance Special provides VSN plus all access everything we do from now through April 5th for only $69. Nice. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming big game and college hoops betting guides, plus full access to vcin.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. Visit vcin.com slash big deal to sign up today. All right, it's the opening lines here on vcin. You knew that already because you're watching. Uh, let's bring in Mike Palm. You can follow him on Twitter, as you already do, at Mike Palm Circa, VP of Ops, you know, the guy, the myth, the legend. Mike, it's good to talk to you uh, here at Circa. Uh, how was the weekend in terms of bodies and fannies in the seats and, of course, action at the window? Well, first of all, I thought it was Maddie and Johnny Murray on, on this show. Something happened to those Westgate guys that I don't know of. But anyhow, nice to talk to you, JVT. <laughs> it, it was an incredible weekend. Um, the results uh, the results yesterday were great. I mean, uh, two upsets of two number one seeds. And boy, I'm going to tell you, they just kept betting the Packers. Packers at halftime, Packers in game. Nobody could uh, really believe what was going to happen with uh, Jimmy G and Robbie Gold and the 49ers. So today a mixed bag. We went a small bit on the first game. Um, but, boy, everybody bought up the Chiefs at that cheap price. We, we needed the Bills quite a bit. Um, we could have really done well, thread the needle if the Chiefs would have won by one. We would have really threaded the needle there. But, you know, what a great game it was. Uh, the atmosphere was terrific. I mean, yesterday you had those two games and then leading right into UFC and then the atmosphere at Circus Sportsbook, at the pool, at Bar Canada during this Bills Chiefs game. I mean, the game was just so ridiculous, and, and everybody was in a sort of a frenzy for it. Yeah, I noticed a lot of people tweeting from uh, Stadium Swim, including the Pac 12 commissioner who was out there. Ah, nice. Oh, yeah. Last week it was Justin Herbert and the Chargers offensive line, and this week the Pac 12 commissioner out of Stadium Swim. Mike Palm, VP of Circuit, with us now. Uh, Mike, I saw a couple of opinions from. Uh, Sportsbook directors around Vegas that Saturday was one of the best days ever uh, for the NFL playoffs. Was it that good for Circa? And then uh, kind of compare it to what happened Sunday. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I'd have to go back. It's probably a top three day for us. 
uh, all time in terms of the win. Right. It, it was it was it was really incredible, and it just it just kept getting better. There were so many money line parlays uh, with Titans and Packers, and then people just came back and bet the Packers so hard in the second game. We lose a small amount um, today uh, due to the Chiefs winning that game. And a lot of people had the over. That was that the over got steamed up a little bit in that game. Which you know, at, at the end, it didn't have to. What they scored twenty five points in the last minute or whatever, or last um, inside the two minutes. So there was a shot that game would that game would have stayed. That game would have stayed under the the first game going over helped us as we took some some sharp money on the under late in that game. So yeah, the, the, the incredible comeback by uh, Tampa Bay and getting that game into at twenty seven twenty seven helped us there too. Yeah, we were talking about it before you came on. Josh Allen threw that touchdown pass on fourth and 13 with 154 left. If he doesn't throw that TD pass, that game probably ends 26-21 and it stays under and the Chiefs win it. But, uh, you know, they um, have to come from behind down 29-26 after that TD pass on fourth and 13, which changed everything. All right, um, Mike, I want you to make sense of what's happened with the Green Bay Packers. This is the second year in a row we've seen a meltdown at Lambeau Field from a team favored to win the NFC, the top seed, in the conference, what's your assessment of what happened to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers on Saturday night? Well, the special uh, this specific game, the special teams really got him. I mean, a blocked field goal, a blocked punt, two kickoff returns. It was really the difference in the game. But you know, outside of the opening drive and and the long pass right before halftime, Packers' offense really didn't do much. And you know, the 49ers' defense on a slick, cold field was able to get enough pressure on Aaron Rodgers, and, and I mean, he didn't play at the level of an MVP, I didn't think. And and so what is it? I don't know. Is it good enough for a team to win 13 games and, and not make it to the Super Bowl? Because that, that's what Matt LaFleur did the first three seasons. And, you know, last year he made some questionable game management decisions against the Buccaneers before the half, and then at the end of the game kicking the field goal. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if Aaron's going to be back or not. Um, but what's good enough? I mean, what, what is good enough for, for that organization? The, the Dallas Cowboys went to three straight NFC championship games in the, in the early eighties, all on the road. And they lost all three of them. I mean, was that good enough with was, was people calling for great change then? I, I don't know. I guess mm-hmm. it's all just your perspective on what you see being successful at. I hear you. We're going to talk about that more later in the show. Aaron Rodgers counts 46 million against the salary cap. If mm-hmm. the Packers keep him next season, I think they've got to trade him. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that. I think it's probably the end of the Aaron Rodgers era, but we'll hit on that later. JVT, we've got a couple of championship games to talk about. Yeah, Mike, let's go to the AFC matchup, Cincinnati-Kansas City. Uh, full sevens, including, of course, your shot with a total of 53. We were talking about this. Uh, MGM in New Jersey has seven and a half, but where do you expect this to end up? My initial thought would be Sharps taking seven and public uh, hand over fist on Kansas City. Yeah, it's a tough number to come off. I don't see it going down. Um it's interesting because I think that Buffalo held on to win the game. They might've been more than seven in Buffalo due to the weather uh, that they would have had to play in. Um, that's just my perspective on it. I thought they might've opened a half point higher if the game was in Buffalo, even though there's a three seed versus the two seed there. I see this game as seven. Um, I, I, I don't think it really gets off seven. Uh, you might have to lay juice on the seven, but I don't see the number coming off. 
I think the, the NFC championship game, you might get some more movement than, than the AFC championship game. Well, walk us through that one too really quickly before your thoughts on both of them because uh, we saw this open up four. We're at three and a half juiced uh, to the dog side here with a total of 46 and a half. Does this continue to go to San Francisco? Yeah, I think it will. I think you'll get to a solid three, right? You can lay, lay the three and a half, take the three and a half and pay the juice, lay the three, pay the juice. I think it will get to the point where, it, it, you know, if you're gonna if you're going to take the three, you're going to lay the juice. I think the number will be a solid three, and I think the, I don't think it gets to two and a half. But look, they've really, really dominated the Rams in the series. Remember that first game in San Francisco? Interesting that they were three and a half point dogs in both games. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember the first game in San Francisco? They ran 27 first down plays. The 49ers did. 25 of them are rushing plays. I mean, they just kept the ball on the ground and dominated. And now, as a Rams fan, don't you have to be a little bit scared of the fact? that you had this team put away uh, in, in week 18. They shouldn't even have been in the playoffs, but you let them back in, and now you're going to have to beat them to stay at home and play in the Super Bowl. So it's very interesting. I know there's a lot of love for the 49ers right now uh, because of what they've done going on the road and, and winning twice. And McVay seems to you know, really take his foot off the gas at times. What he was really doing there at the end of the half, Arians clearly didn't want the ball back. He had two timeouts, and he wasn't using them. They were discombobulated. Brady just thrown just thrown an interception. He played it so cute just to like try to, you know, either have a field goal or a touchdown right at the end. If he really would have put his foot on their throat, I think he could have ended the game right there. Mike Palm with us. Uh, Mike, how about when you look as a, as a handicapper at this game, how impressed are you with the way Matthew Stafford's played? A lot of questions about him never winning a playoff game before prior to these playoffs. And uh, Stafford's played really well the past two weeks. And how concerned would you be if you're taking the points with the Niners about Jimmy G and his tendency to make one or two big mistakes? Oh, you have to be concerned. You know, I was on Tennessee and I went on the Lombardi line for the first time in a year yesterday morning. <laughs> and we talked about the game, you know, and Michael said the only way Tennessee loses is if his Tannehill starts with these turnovers again, right? And he threw three interceptions. Jimmy G always seems to have a critical interception, even in the games they win, right, in Dallas. At the end of the half against the, uh, against Green Bay, he gave away uh, it was an interception there. Um, so you have to be concerned. I, I believed a lot in Stafford. I was on the Rams today. I called today referendum Sunday. It's a referendum on two quarterbacks. It was if you believed in Stafford, you're taking the three points of the Rams on the money line. If you believed in Josh Allen, you were taking the Bills. I thought on uh, on the money line to win the game. I think Stafford's been good because they don't ask him to do too much. You know, McVay is good at play calling, and he still is going to run the ball, even though nobody can run on, on Tampa Bay. He still runs the ball enough to keep him honest, and they ask Stafford to make the passes that he can make. I mean, he's mm-hmm. never played with a team that has a running game or a defense like this. He did have a bad stretch during the year where he's throwing a pick six every game, but I'm more confident in Matt Stafford than Jimmy G going into the NFC Championship game. Yeah, and Josh Allen certainly played well enough to win that game. That's heartbreak for the Bills. I'm sure on tomorrow's show – your partner, Amal Shaw, is going to go off on the time management mistake by Sean McDermott at the end. How do you not kick off and put the ball in play with 13 seconds left, Mike? Well, he, it, Amal will be justified to do so yeah. because you have to make him return that kick and take one play away from him. You, yeah. you know, give, given Mahomes three plays there, it's, it's like a, a coin toss. By the way, I heard you talking about this a little bit. Uh, uh, one of my friends that's a professional gambler and has some outs in faraway places after the Bills scored the touchdown, we're minus 3,500 in game. Ooh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Mike Palm again over here at Circa Mike. It's good to talk to you. We're up against it, and we'll, uh, we'll have you on again soon. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. Yep, you got it. You too.
Mike Palm. Not taking out the garbage as he's obsessed with us. We know that for sure. Minus 3,500. Great info there from Mike Palm on the live line on the Bills. The win probability chart, I'm sure, showed the Bills is like 98%. Implied probability of minus 3,500, 97.2%. That's pretty high. All right, well, when we come back, you will hear. You're going to hear it. I promise you. You know, it's pretty hard to beat a team three times in one season. Let's discuss the truth behind that when we come back. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Opening Lines with Charles Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. No, VSN's um, fifth birthday is right around the corner. Super Bowl Sunday. This network turns five years old. Isn't it six? I believe it's five. Oh, wow. Okay. 2017, the first year, yeah. right? It's never too early to prepare for the big game. We want to make sure VSIN is a part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs and then on championship weekend. We'll have 56 hours of free video coverage. 56 hours of free video coverage on vsin.com, leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. So it will be our sixth Super Bowl, but our fifth year. Uh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. It's the biggest game of the year. So they. Plans now to join the VSIN betting experts before, during, and after the action on VSIN.com. The first Super Bowl we were on the air was uh, Falcons Patriots. Right. 28 to 3. You know what's great? So we have lots of memories, lots of memories around almost every single one of these these Mm. Super Bowls. Uh, That Super Bowl, of course, the famous quote Turn out the lights, folks. The party's over. Party's over. Brent Musburger leaving the studio early because he thought the Falcons uh, had it all wrapped up and, <laughs> <laughs> and over with. I was actually reminiscing the other day when you were gone and on Follow the Money, uh, the Eagles Patriots Super Bowl, in which uh, one Rex Byers may or may not have gotten a little too saucy and scared the Musburger children downstairs. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yelled some expletives. Oh, yeah. And uh... so many good memories. <laughs> oh, I've been here for all six. It's great. How about the other one? Or somebody got really mad and stormed off the set, and I had to fill in for the last half. That was Michael Lombardi. <laughs> that was the Rams-Patriots. Yes, it was. Yeah. A lot of Patriots Super Bowls, huh? Yeah, a lot of Patriots. Not this year. No Thank Patriots. God. No Tom Brady. Somebody is going to, uh, well, if the Bills had won, a team would have stopped a long Super Bowl drought. Yes. But the Chiefs did come back, even though their win probability was less than 10%. They came back to win the game and advanced to the AFC title game, where they are 7 
point favorites in a one spot, seven and a half. Yep, right that's now. in New Jersey. Hit bet MGM. Yeah. All right. So I teased this. We'll talk about it really quickly. You are going to hear it, right? It's hard to beat a team three times in one You're season. You're going to hear it all day tomorrow and all, all week. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard well, to beat a good team three times. Yeah. Well, I think it's easy to beat a bad team three times in a season. I think it's hard to beat a team in general <laughs> three times in a season, no matter who it is or what it is. Since the 1970 NFL merger, 22 instances where a team swept a team in the regular season, then had a third battle in the playoffs. The sweeping team, 14 and 8 in those games. So, again, 22 instances, sweeping team, 14 and 8. Now, the most recent example, of course, was last season, right? Saints smack around the Tampa Bay Buccaneers mm-hmm. in two regular season matchups. They meet in the postseason. Buccaneers win that game. Yeah, and you, you reflect on that game, too. And I reflect. If uh, Jared Cook did not cough up that fumble, uh, oh, the, yeah. Saints, the Saints probably would have won the game. So I'm not going to say the Buccaneers uh, dominated the game. Tom Brady actually did not play all that well in that game. And uh, the I'm, Saints Saints just coughed it up, I thought. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I Actually, if you look at his numbers, he wasn't great the entire postseason, Tom Brady. But he wasn't that great in the game of Green Bay in the NFC Championship. Right, right, exactly. But he threw. I think he threw two, maybe three picks in the game against the Packers last year. And I would think, too, and to add to this, right, uh, if you're looking at, uh, and this is, by the way, this is from a football perspective, and this is from a, an article that they wrote up last season, so you're just adding the result mm-hmm. of the matchup from New Orleans uh, and Tampa Bay from a postseason ago. Uh, it also notes in this, so it's worth noting, this is before the Tampa Bay game, four of these 21 trio of games, the sweeping team was on the road in the postseason. In the 17 instances where the postseason home team swept their playoff opponent during the regular season, the home teams went an impressive 12-5 and five in those games. But, of course, that's before the result last year, but still 12-6 and six in those games. So, still, regardless, I would think that it's actually not that hard to beat an opponent three times because if you beat them twice, you have some sort of an edge one way or the other, sure. right? So it's not that crazy to think that actually it's not that hard. So if you hear somebody say it, just realize it's actually not that true, and it actually is, I wouldn't say easy, but it happens more often than you think. Basically, the numbers you threw out there, uh, the team that won the first two meetings, if it's the home team, mm-hmm. that home team has won the third meeting 67% of the time. It's good math. So that's the situation the Rams are in this week where uh, – they were trying to, uh, excuse me, the uh, the Niners are actually the road team trying to sweep this week. Correct. Yeah. That is true. Don't know if I trust them, though. And here's the thing. So we've talked about almost every aspect of this. We haven't talked about one aspect, though. We've really focused on the Cincinnati Bengals side of things, right? Because Cincinnati mm-hmm. gets the win in a really boring game, although a good one against the Tennessee Titans, the first one that kicked us off on Saturday. But I think the thing that you take away from it, was it nine times that Joe Burrow was sacked in that game? Mm-hmm. Nine times. And that's against... Keep in mind, that's against a Tennessee Titans front that is bottom half of the league in terms of blitz rate, bottom half of the league, not even bottom half of the league, bottom 10 of the league in terms of the ability to pressure opposing quarterbacks. It is a much different animal with Kansas City this time around. So what what you look at from Joe Burrow and the Bengals' perspective of, are you going to be able to keep them upright against a much better front seven in Kansas City? And like you said, the uh, the Chiefs like to blitz a lot, but Joe Burrow has a tendency to burn the blitz too. So it'll be an interesting matchup for from that perspective, talking about trends, I, I did back the Titans in that game against the Bengals, and I saw a trend late in the week that really disturbed me about that game. Mm. The Titans, as favorites, stink. As underdogs, they're pretty good. Yeah. And sometimes that revolt, role reversal uh, means a lot. And you could see when the game started, the Titans did not look like they were ready to play. And uh, the Bengals scored uh, the first six points of the game, and I thought, here we go again. The Titans, they can't play in the favorites role. 
Uh, they've got to be an underdog role, and you think about that impressive four-game stretch they put together when they beat the Bills, the Chiefs, the Colts, and the Rams. They were underdogs. And uh, as favorites, they couldn't get it done. Now, there's no doubt the Bengals are accustomed to the underdog role, and I think that uh, I thought the Bengals last week might have that happy-to-be-here mentality, that they, they got the three-decade monkey off their back as a franchise that won the first playoff game, first playoff win for Burrow, for the coach, for most of the guys on that team, it's a young team. A lot of times teams like that get to the next round, they're happy to be here, and they get blown out. Well, they they got the perfect opponent in the Titans, and um, I think that it's going to be maybe a little bit different story against the Chiefs, who also have same-season revenge in mind after getting yep. beat in that wild game at Cincinnati, where really I, I was on the Bengals in that first matchup catching three and a half, and yeah. the Chiefs had an opportunity to pull away and win that game in a blowout, and they didn't take advantage of it. No, and, and to give you an idea of what I'm talking about here with Joe Burrow, so this season, right, Joe Burrow, a win blitzed. Uh, he's He was blitzed on 22.4% of his dropbacks this season. 11 touchdowns, four interceptions, just two turnover-worthy uh, plays, completed 72.7% of his passes for 11.5 yards per attempt. But he was great. That's pretty good. Yeah. He was great uh, when teams were playing. Now, actually, and it escapes me who wrote it, but there was a great write-up about, actually, if you looked at all of these quarterbacks this weekend, specifically Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, they're all, like, brilliant against the Blitz. And, you're, you know, you're probably going to see a lot more patient effort from defenses this coming weekend, maybe this weekend against Conference Championship. And here's the thing, and I've brought this up multiple times, and this is a big reason why I played the under in that Raiders-Spangles game in wildcard weekend. If you can pressure Joe Burrow without blitzing him, that's where the money is, right? Under pressure this season, Burrow, 10 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, 9 turnover-worthy plays, only 8.2 yards per attempt and a completion percentage of 59.3%. Well, that's true with most quarterbacks. You put pressure on them, their numbers are not going to look as good. I think that's what makes Josh Allen's performance so impressive. No, they were all over him. He was under pressure constantly. He played with poise, got out of the pocket, made plays, and uh, Josh Allen was incredibly impressive, and it still was not enough for the Bills to win that game because their head coach kind of mismanaged the clock and they didn't do what what they needed to do to finish it off. Um, That's why I think the the betting public is going to be so impressed with the Chiefs and that offensive display that was put on, especially in the fourth quarter of that game today, why the Chiefs are going to get more action. I don't really have a strong opinion right now. I lean to the Bengals, Mm -hmm. especially if you can get seven and a half. And like we said, that number, we're talking opening lines here on the uh, conference championship games. And right now, across the board in Vegas, it's seven. Yes. Chiefs, seven against the Bengals. But you can find a seven and a half out there. I think that's Bet MGM in New Jersey. And there yes. might be in a couple other spots where you can get a seven and a half. At that number, I would take a look at the Bengals. Let's, uh, let's check it out. Let's see. Jamie Foxx is uh, it's on my screen right now. I'm going to see what Jamie Foxx has over at Bet MGM New Jersey. And still, if it's sitting up there, yep, still at seven and a half. So other jurisdictions. And interesting part, and it's not that big of a but – and, oh well, no! Okay, minus one seven, uh, minus one fifteen plus seven and a half. So juice to the dog side. And the other game, right now we're looking at three and a half basically across yep. the board. Rams over the 49ers. And I agree with Mike. Uh, Mike Palm was with us earlier. I think that gets to the flat three. I, I think I don't know if the the worm has turned, but the 49ers. I think they they smack of a public underdog in this matchup against the Los Angeles Rams. Oh, uh, they could be. Even though I tell you, I'm still not that impressed by what the Niners did on uh, Saturday night. I thought it was more of a meltdown by the Packers, a special teams meltdown especially. You had a field goal blocked, you had a pump blocked, and uh, not blown away by Jimmy G's play. 
How about this? Uh, Saturday night, but the uh, Kyle Shanahan has owned Sean McVay, and that's one thing that we talked about often this week. Last one for you as we uh, head into the second hour from Arash Markazi uh, out in SoCal. Cheapest current ticket for Sunday's NFC Championship game between the Rams and 49ers, over $600. One ticket broker just told me, quote, it's going to be a sea of red again. Rams fans are growing, but they aren't paying $600 for nosebleed tickets. Not happening, end quote. Seems like it might be a well, full home field. Well, those teams played in Week 18, and Niners had uh, great fan support at SoFi Stadium in L.A. A weak home field, maybe, for the Los Angeles Rams. Shocking. Shocking indeed. All right. Second hour on the way. I will, of course, uh, get everything you need in terms of these openers for the championship weekend. And Scott Kellen's going to join us as well. We'll get the professional handicapper's perspective on the upcoming AFC and NFC matchups. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 